My guests today are Emily Wibberley and Austin Sigmund Broker, or as they're affectionately known here at Penguin Team by their couple name, Wabroker. They met in high school and fell in love over a shared passion for Shakespeare. Austin went on to study English at Harvard so he could continue to impress Emily with his literary analysis, while Emily studied adolescent psychology at Princeton. They currently live in Los Angeles where they've combined their interests and decided to write stories of high school literature and first love. Austin and Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, Felicity. We're so happy to be here. Yay! First of all, where are you? Where am I? Where am I speaking to you from? You're talking to us from sunny Hermosa Beach, California. Um, Love. It's very quiet. We are um, cooperating very thoroughly with the shelter-in-place order we've got here, and um, it's going okay. Yeah, it's part of the county of Los Angeles, so we okay. have strict orders here. Yep. This is probably not how you thought you'd spend your first year as a married couple, like, bunker <laughs> down together. I mean, I do have to say, I'm glad we got married over the summer, and our hearts yeah. go to everyone planning their weddings right now, really. Mm. And the funny secret of all this is, we're homebodies as it is, so quite frankly, our weekend days of writing in our office and strolling around with coffee and tea are not that much different from what we're doing right now. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Some people are like extroverts who are like clawing at the walls by this stage. So I'm like, that's great that you guys are like, this is, this is not a stretch. We've got each other. Yes. <laughs> well, I have so many questions, but first of all, I want to know, when did you guys actually first start writing together? Like, how did that come about? Did someone say, hey, want to read this or? Well, I mean, let's see. I had, I always knew I wanted to be a young adult writer like since college and so Mm -hmm. I was writing stuff and I'd always kind of have Austin read what I was writing and then like slowly that took on more of an editorial role and then the editorial role took on a collaborative role and then here we are so what year was it exactly that you were actually writing Mm -hmm. chapters it would have been like 2015 ish yeah and um you know as all of that process was was going on I found myself falling more and more in love with the genre and learning more and more about it and working pretty seamlessly with my then girlfriend, <laughs> um, which is, which is funny to even think about uh, all, all, all those years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a gradual process of learning to mesh our styles. Um, and, and, you know, we really kind of had the whole thing up and running uh, in about 2016. Wow. That's pretty impressive though, in terms of like, that's quite recent to like kind of come together as an author duo. Yeah, it feels like it's been forever. Like we just talked about how it's weird to think about when we didn't write together. Like, what did we talk about all the time? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> something. Something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, but your first two books, Always Never Yours, and If I'm Being Honest, they're both Shakespeare retellings of a sort. Um, tell us, for those who haven't heard anything about these books, what's, what's, what they're about. Oh, of course. Yeah. um, So as you say, these are both Shakespeare inspired. They're not strict retellings. Um, Each sort of takes one of Shakespeare's comedies and spins it in a way um, we found interactive. (laughs) I guess, yeah, or tragedies. Um, In in any case, um, Always Never Yours is our Romeo and Juliet riff, and it centers on a girl who identifies with Rosaline in the play, who is the girl Romeo is dating before he meets Juliet. Um, and our Megan feels like she is very much this 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 person in all her friends' lives in that whenever um, somebody breaks up with her, they go right on to find their soulmate. Mm-hmm. Then she is cast to play none other than Juliet in her high school production of Romeo and Juliet and has to sort of reevaluate what it means to, to be the center of her own story. Um, if I'm being honest, is our second one. And it is our Taming of the Shrew riff. 
centered mm-hmm. on um, popular mean girl Cameron, uh, who's a little too honest for everybody around her, and so embarks on a quest to, um, to to tame some of that honesty, which of course leads her to learn more about being herself and and to encounter a guy she may have wronged in the past, but 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 for whom some feelings might start to exist. That's great recapping. I love that. <laughs> I'm I, like, I yes. like these books a lot. What am I going to say? <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, all right. No, they're fantastic. And it's true. They're, 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 I do love the Shakespeare sort of, as you said, it's not a retelling. It's an inspiration jumping point almost. Um, I'm assuming you both, and it sort of was in your bios, that both of you are Shakespeare fans? We are both Shakespeare fans, but Austin, like, studied Shakespeare. Yeah. So perhaps a little bit more a fan than I. Perhaps a little bit more. It's so we might mutual interest. Yeah. So what you're the person dropping the monologues at any parties that you need to to impress people? Uh literally all the time. It's my first move. I just walk right in the door and then to be or not to be starts playing. And yeah. <laughs> well, okay, but to break the chain, Time of Our Lives, which is your upcoming book coming out this April, is not a Shakespeare retelling or an inspiration point. Why and what is it about? Uh, okay, well, what it's about is uh, two teens whose paths kind of keep crossing as they're taking their respective college tours across the Northeast coast. Um, and they each teach each other things, different perspectives on how to look forward and look backward as you're moving into college. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, we were just talking about this. We actually came up with this idea in and started we came up with this idea a long, long, long time ago before mm-hmm. we sold Always Never Yours. And we started writing it in 2017. So before Always Never Yours even came out. Wow. So for us, like why it's not a Shakespeare retelling, it just, we hadn't even thought of ourselves as like Shakespeare retelling people <laughs> when we were coming up with Crazy to think again. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, it's what you're iconically known for in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so it just, it was one of those ideas that we, fell in love with and knew we had to write and we wrote it in the midst of selling always never yours and writing all of if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. we probably wrote started this before if i'm being honest actually wow yeah and part of why we love it is you know you know in in i I don't want to say a unique way but i guess i'll go ahead and say in a unique way time of our lives raises a lot of issues and character concerns that are very personal um uniquely so for us about about leaving home and being separate from one another and growing apart from your family while staying connected to them. And we're always never yours. And if I'm being honest, we're very conceptually fun and, and we really delighted in, in bending and working with those previous works of literature here. The fact that this book draws so much from things that we went through and questions we asked ourselves, we wanted to kind of keep it grounded solely in the contemporary world. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. And I, I think you do that so well in terms of, for me, Time of Our Lives, was it, it felt like it needed to be a bit different because of the topics that you were covering and the way that these characters were stepping outside of their lives. So I felt like you guys were doing that as authors as well. So achieved goal yes. achieved well, all right <laughs> and i will say for fans of the books that you guys always place a lovely cameo from the previous couple into <laughs> the next book time of our lives has another cameo and i started reading it i almost tipped over the table because <laughs> the start of that cameo scared the pants off me <laughs> i know <laughs> I know it's a fun one it's fun <laughs> I know it's very it's very in line so if you're a fan of if I'm being honest 
you will love the cameo. Um, but just make sure you read the whole cameo before yeah. you start yelling at Austin and Emily online. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now, behind the scenes, I got to know, what is writing in a couple like now? Like, do you guys have certain times that you are allowed to talk about the book or not talk about the book? Are you just like fighting about stuff till like three in the morning saying, no, the character wouldn't say that? <laughs> um, interestingly, we never fight about dialogue, really, thinking oh. about it. We just don't fight about dialogue. Um, we do fight about literally everything else. So <laughs> it's a pretty fractious process. We both care a lot, and yeah. that that inevitably leads to butting heads. Um, what it also leads to is not talking about the book and the writing too much outside of our long, long collaborative sessions. Mm-hmm. Because we, we both kind of like we're we've tired. Never, exactly, like we've never talked about it, but but there's just an informal understanding that. You, you need to be able to step away and breathe and think about other things because we do all of our writing very collaboratively. It's not a trading pages or chapters type scenario. Like we are in one room talking about every single thing that goes into the outline or onto the page. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, it's intense and um, we need to be able to step, step back from it. And just, yeah. we just get tired. Like it's just, we come out of those sessions and we're exhausted. Yeah. I <laughs> can't bear to talk about it anymore. You're like, I can't. Leave it in yeah. there. Leave it in the room. Yeah. It's very smart art. Now, what I also love about your books, and you know that I love your books because I'm always the person emailing you just like aggressively like fangirling. This is the, jo- <laughs> this is the joy everyone is working for a publisher is you get to stalk people internally as well. <laughs> But you do such this great thing with all of your male lead characters, which is you allow them to be vulnerable and express emotion and be, like we've talked about it, be sort of sweet cinnamon rolls in terms mm-hmm. of these guys are, their emotions are at the front. It's not seen as a negative. They are seen as very vulnerable and open. I, I'm assuming it was important to you, but why? It's, it absolutely was important. And it was totally a guiding ethic as we were writing our start just starting out because we were reading so much why at the time and I you know I love why I love mm-hmm. all those books and this there's a lot of bad boys in 2015 and, yep. and I in my life have never once had a crush on a bad boy <laughs> so that just wasn't really speaking to me as a person I mean Austin is not- I've never had a crush on a bad boy <laughs> and Austin himself is is a very you know sensitive guy go on (laughs) you're like you're not wrong (laughs) so we wanted to i wanted to show and we both wanted to show that you can fall for that guy too and they can be just as charming and be the center of the spotlight as well yeah and i think what you also do on the flip side is for the female characters is they're strong and they're determined (laughs) and they're ambitious and they've got goals and they're kind of like rightly or wrongly sometimes i'm talking about you cameron it comes out it comes out as a really aggressive. Was that also a deliberate play to kind of have a more powerful girl, not necessarily in physicalness, which we see a lot of in YA, but like emotional? Absolutely. And, and you know, I'll be the first to go on record by saying I have a longstanding crush on a strong, ambitious <laughs> goal, goal setter uh, of, a, of a woman. I feel um, like you married that crush. Who may, who may indeed be sitting right next to me. Um, but yeah, it was it was absolutely a, a choice for for that same um, set of reasons, you know, not only to show readers of, of, of any and all genders that that is a cool, desirable, exciting thing to be and to encounter in the world, um, but also just to provide something we felt 
that that YA could use a little bit more of, particularly in the contemporary sphere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I love it, and you know I do. So, um, yeah, I love both the the men, the boy, and the male vulnerability that's being on display, and the girl's power. I think it's so important for that to be modelled especially in contemporary YA. So yay you. (laughs) Now I do have, as you know, I have lots of questions, but I put out the call and fan questions came flooding. They hit my mailbox, but I have to, I have to narrow it down to like one or two per platform because otherwise we'd be here for hours. Um, But uh, some of them you might enjoy the answers to because I know I do. Uh, The first one's from Instagram and it's from Sherry Letvins account sorry sherry if i'm pronouncing your name incorrectly she wants to know who came up with your ship name well <laughs> who indeed <laughs> that would go i remember it like you were yesterday <laughs> yes <laughs> no the and mastermind the, ma- the crazy reminding our wedding hashtag yep, yep. <laughs> Well, I will say it was it was out of my sheer and utter laziness because as Australians, we don't like a lot of syllables in any words. And <laughs> any any chance that we can do to kind of colloquialize or shorten anything, we will find a way. But also, <laughs> I have to say, it is a term of endearment when we do that to people. Like if we stay official and formal with you, it means that we're respectful, right. but we're just not friends yet. Whereas yeah. if any Australian is giving you a nickname shortening your name it means they love you <laughs> well honestly we love it it's iconic and and uh, we totally embrace it we totally <laughs> i mean i'm a step away from getting the covers changed is what i'm saying oh my god <laughs> <laughs> the broker edition yeah i'm gonna have a box set just with my just with my stuff what i want on it <laughs> Okay, well, the next question is from Gretchen on Twitter, and she wants to know, when are you going to work on the indirect sequel to Time of Our Lives? (laughs) Uh, You know, anything's possible in publishing. Mm -hmm. Right now, no direct sequel. But as you already talked about, we do have cameos of all our characters in future books. So we have already written our time of our lives cameo for you you may what's see not to love. you may see yep. more of this yay and also i that that title slipped in there but what's the title for the next book book it's we're broke four right it, it it is we're broke four and it is it is called what's not to love it is our uh, it is our our first true down to the bone enemies to lovers story yes. um and it was so much fun to write yeah. truly <laughs> I feel like I can already, already tell, like, the band is just going to be amazing. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, it's we don't fight over dialogue. That's all we'll say. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this answered my next question, which was also from Instagram from Harpo Ivy, who wanted to know is, are you coming up with any more books? But you, we talked about what's not to love, but yeah. there was a special announcement that came out just very recently. There was. Can you, can you tell us more about it? Yes, we're very excited to, we're going to have an adult book out in 2021 with Berkeley, which is still part of Penguin Random House, so. Penguin family. Yeah, Penguin fam. And it is inspired by our own co-writing relationship. Oh. Um, it, yes, it, yeah, it, it, um, we came up with it on our honeymoon, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, but it centers around um, two former co-writers um, whose partnership split under acrimonious and unknown circumstances. There were rumors of an affair. There's a lot of bad blood there who, um, due to changing things in their own respective careers, must reunite years later um, to write a final book together. Oh, 
Ooh, I love it. It's like it feels like a second chance love meets enemies to lovers. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and if you have things. any questions about our writing relationship, I mean, this don't book is like a tell-all. <laughs> I feel like you guys are laying it all bare. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah. No, I will tell you that um, we're so glad that you're with the Berkeley Romance team because we kind of were very excited when we heard about it, and yeah. we're thrilled that you're in the Penguin fan still. That's oh true. yeah, we could not be more so. Yeah. Now, the final question from the fan uh, came from Joanna on Twitter, and she would like to know more about how they've incorporated Shakespeare into their previous contemporaries. What do they think about bringing Shakespeare to modern lit? What ideas have they tossed around but thought, nah? And was Time of Our Lives at any point going to be Shakespearean? Okay. Um, There's a lot there. I'm going to start with, with, the, with the final one because it's the easiest. Time of Our Lives was never intended to be Shakespeare inspired. We, we never considered that for, for basically the reasons that we've discussed. We, it was an idea that, that we had fallen in love with and, and started constructing since before that process. And, and even as, as always never yours, and if I'm being honest, happened, we, we felt very strongly that that was an idea that should remain just true to its human core. Mm-hmm. Um, as for how we, um, and, you know, and, and why we incorporate Shakespeare, he's a strikingly human writer, um, much more so than any of his contemporaries and indeed than most classics. Um, he writes characters who feel like real people with their own hurts and insecurities. And so it is easy to translate those things. I mean, I, I won't say easy. I won't talk us down that much, but it, <laughs> one, can, one can imagine how characters with those psychological profiles would exist and respond to the contemporary world in a way one not always can with classic. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's usually where it starts. If, if we have an idea for a YA contemporary that sort of has a certain cast of characters or a certain conceptual angle, it is often not too far a leap to find a character in Shakespeare who's felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good answer. Have you ever, was there any other, was there any Shakespeare um, plays that you thought about and thought, no, can't, there's nothing there for us? You know, well, we are doing a short story and Dolly Adler's That Way Madness Lies Shakespeare mm-hmm. anthology coming out next year. So we, we oh. did do right. a Tempest short story there. Otherwise, I can't think much of one otherwise, because usually the process goes as I just described it. It it has to do with taking a contemporary situation and finding a Shakespearean analog, not thinking I want to do a riff on X, Y, and Z Shakespeare play. I will let you into a secret, which is that if I'm being honest, was originally not Shakespeare and always never yours sold as Shakespeare. And so we were like, well, let's try to inject some Shakespeare in here. And that totally (laughs) informed the second half of the plot like we only had half the pitch worked out and then it became Ah, interesting interesting and have you ever thought this is just my question have you ever thought of jumping into like i'd like your point austin about only certain writers can make that leap but a lot of people do that with austin books have you ever thought about doing a jane austen oh yes we have thought you know we have submitted a couple oh you know yes (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's an idea i don't, don't i feel like know. a certain editor's ears are burning maybe, right maybe. now <laughs> it's something it's something we we haven't necessarily come up with the perfect concept yeah. for it yet but it is it has been something on our radar as something we exciting. we always talk about how really jane austen and shakespeare are so yeah. similar so so similar in how they understand humanity yeah, mm-hmm. in exactly that same way. Yeah. So it's 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 been a it's been a possibility that has glittered for us for a while. 
Okay. Well, one day we're going to snatch that jewel one day. We're going to get there. Yeah. Well, I have enough, enough questions. Let's move to some funner things. Okay. When you guys aren't writing and you're at home, first of all, do you guys work from home much or is this sort of your first real work from home together experience? Um, I would say we work from home together a lot. I mean, I, I, I've, I've, until recently I've been in law school and so all of my schoolwork was at home and all of our writing is at home. So, mm-hmm. so basically ha- having a, having an, an organized relationship that accommodates for that as well as leisure is it actually comes very naturally to us. Mm-hmm. So then what are then what is the greatest tips that you have for people about how to construct their day? What should they be doing? What should also they, they not be doing? What could, what, what, what's, what's a bad thing to do? I would say for us, for me, and I kind of drag Austin along in this mentality is having, having weekly goals. It just, mm-hmm. and then when you hit that goal, take it easy like you earned it so yeah that that's I mean that's something we practiced yesterday we hit our goal early and awesome was like should we keep going and we did not we did not we took the time <laughs> and it was a good move yeah good yeah it was a good move it allows you to not feel bad about yourself for unproductive unproductivity's sake while also giving yourself time to relax yeah yeah it's important, yeah. especially in this sort of climate when it's sort of a weird world. Like, it's going to feel weird. Don't burn out. <laughs> totally. Well, speaking of not burning out, once you've done all the work and everything like that, what are some of your great pop culture recommendations? I'm going to give you some, some categories and you can tell me what people should be doing. What books should people be reading? Oh, man. You know, it, we, I, we have to jump first to, to adult, which is per, per our book with Berkeley has been on our minds very closely. Uh-huh. All of mm-hmm. Taylor Jenkins Reid's books are fantastic. They mm-hmm. are addictive and insightful and funny and human and evocative. And just like you, you will just rip through them and you will feel nourished at the end. And as for yeah. our YA, we know, so we got the pleasure to reading Best Laid Plans early, and that comes out in two weeks, and it is such a delightful book, so everyone should have that yeah. on their radar. Yeah, close on your radar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah and that's a fun it's a it feels like a book that's like a sister of your book yeah, in a way. Oh, yeah. like it's fun flirty romantic totally. yeah it's yeah i feel like your characters could all hang out together absolutely oh totally <laughs> I, yeah. I like I, I, I maybe think you guys should work on a little something yeah. for us all. <laughs> <laughs> guess who's getting an email after this podcast <laughs> um and in terms of tv shows that you're binging or that people should binge because it's you know they need to like catch up on what are you recommending we're watching right now schitt's creek of course obviously, <laughs> obviously. always and obviously. we just finished you last night when we're a little bit behind oh. on that one but it's, season one we just finished or season just two. Finished two yeah okay so, okay yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all out of you <laughs> at this point but did you did you felt did you felt it accurately depicted the la crowd you know kind of it's yeah. pretty close <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's, it has a fringe of stereotype in the way that the first season does of new york but like it's it's believable it's pretty cool it's believable. sure <laughs> yeah and then podcasts any podcasts that uh people should be listening to there are any's yeah first draft that's our mm-hmm. that's our go-to yeah that's our that's um, really our go-to it, it remains a total standard bearer in this industry and in podcasting mm-hmm yeah, that's a that's it's coming up. Every person who's on the show is recommending it. So <laughs> All us clearly, love that podcast. And, yeah, and love no, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Now, are either are either one of you gamers? Yeah, we both are. Yeah, we both are. Ooh, yeah. okay. That's actually what our games? primary hobby. Yeah, it's our number one relaxation. <laughs> 
<laughs> what games are you recommending? Oh, then? wow. Okay. Everyone should play Red Dead Redemption 2 and... Um, and 1. And 1, yes. And The Last of Us. Those are probably our two favorite games of yeah. all time. So. Our other recent favorite is the new rebooted God of War, mm-hmm. um, which is, <laughs> is a, it's, it's, it's a fun, playable game. It takes place in a gorgeous, scary, magical universe. It kind of like... We it, call imagine, it Scary Frozen. Yeah, it's like an R-rated <laughs> Frozen. Um, uh, but it also has a, a, a surprisingly evocative, nuanced story at the heart of it. And also Always and Forever, The Sims. So Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's a brand affinity there as well. Yeah. <laughs> well Austin Emily thank you so much for joining me on We Are YA the check-in today oh thank you for having us thank you so much this has been a good break in our day yeah it's been it was great to chat to you Austin and Emily's books Always Never Yours If I'm Being Honest and the upcoming Time of Our Lives are available from all good bookstores and if you're at home they're also available on both e and audio formats on your favorite platforms you can also follow Austin and Emily on both Instagram and Twitter Tomorrow, we check in with Natalie C. Parker, the author of the epic pirate adventure trilogy, Seafire, and see if I can get any teasers about how the series might end with the upcoming Stormbreak. See you then.